You need more peace, assurance, and power in your life. You need to hear God's voice clearly and receive his guidance. We all do. And you'll find all of this and more on Elevate the Day podcast. Each week, you'll get practical tips on how to grow your relationship with God, develop a habit of daily Bible reading, and apply its wisdom to live life as an overcomer in Jesus. Are you ready to start? Let's go. Today's episode of the Elevate the Day podcast is brought to you by the Planted Bible Study. Do you want to lead a Bible study but don't know where to start? Or are you looking to dig deeper into the Word yourself? If so, check out The Planted Bible Study by pastor and author Colette Schaefer. Colette will guide you to develop a peace-filled life in an anxiety-filled world. Included in this course are leader notes, discussion and journal prompts, worksheets, over five hours of teaching videos, and bonus downloads. Learn more today by visiting SchaeferMinistries.com or by clicking the link in our show notes. That's Schaefer Ministries, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R Ministries.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Elevate the Day. I'm Karen Jensen Salisbury. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Cavello. Hey, everyone. And we are so excited today because we have a special guest. Reverend Tony Cook is with us to talk about his latest book, The End of Spectator Church. How about that for a title, right? So... I know that Jen is anxious. She's had a, you've had a, a, a Bible study on this, right? You got together with your book club or something on this, Jen? No, is this right? one I actually like chewed and ate all by myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So I know you're anxious to ask Tony a bunch of questions. So take it. <laughs> yes. I, um, I absolutely love this book. So listeners before, you know, you even do anything else today, head on over to uh, Amazon or Tony's website. We'll give you all that information to pick up the end of the spectator church. Tony, welcome back to elevate the day. So excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Jennifer. Good to see you and Karen today. Oh my gosh. So, um, I, you know, had my trusty highlighter when I when I started reading your book, and I found myself running out of ink because I was highlighting everything. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but what I wanted to focus on today is um, chapter six, which mm -hmm. is Jesus's view of the ministry. What did Jesus think of, and what was on his heart for? his church and, you know, help us understand a little bit about what were his plans and purposes for the church. And then we'll, we'll get into a few mm -hmm. other details later, but I want to know Jesus's heart for, yeah. for us. What a great place to start. We chose a, a quote for the beginning of that book, and it's from uh, world-renowned missionary evangelist T.L. Osborne. And he said, ministry is pretty simple. Uh, love people and meet their needs. And, uh, uh, you know, he just, he's gone home to be with the Lord, but he saw 
probably millions of people come to Jesus, but um, well, that's a very simple statement and something that we can all begin as a starting point with. But we also have to keep in mind that ministry is more than a humanitarian thing of just meeting natural needs. If, if we meet natural needs, that's good. But if we meet natural needs, but don't bring people closer to Jesus or in relationship with Jesus, maybe we're in a situation where we're meeting natural needs and ignoring eternal needs. And the good news is we don't have to choose between. Uh, we don't have to choose between um, doing natural, practical things that help people, uh, expressions of love that help people. We don't have to choose between that and the spiritual. Uh, Jesus never said, choose ye this day, you know, which you shall do, meet natural or spiritual needs. We see Jesus doing both. You know, we see Jesus multiplying the food and bread, fish, feeding 5,000, 4,000, things like that. But we also see him saying, you know, that's not enough. That's, you know, he said, I am the bread of life. And so he, he, he met natural needs, but then he directed people's hearts to the uh, spiritual uh, dimension of, of men. You know, when you mention that whole chapter, how does Jesus see ministry? I, I really wrote it in contrast to how people see ministry. I remember as a little kid growing up and seeing the preacher in the pulpit and wearing his robe and acting, you know, very holy and sanctimonious and everything. And I admired him and, and I, you know, but I, I remember as a kid thinking, I would not want to do that, you know, because in my mind, ministry was all about, you know, dressing up, different than anybody else dresses and speaking and, you know, things like that. And um, even when I got born again and spirit filled and began to understand that uh, ministry really had a, a, a dynamic element mm. of the power of God, um, I, I still was drawn and I came into the charismatic movement at a time when uh, teachers were kind of at the forefront of ministry. It was a teaching revival. And um, so in my mind, teaching became the epitome, the end-all, be-all of ministry. And uh, when I was in Bible school, you know, we heard this verse over and over again. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching, uh, preaching, and healing. You know, Matthew 9, I think around 35, uh, you know, teaching the word of God, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. So to me, that summarized the essence of ministry. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I translated teaching, preaching and healing into the pulpit. So the pulpit became the fountainhead, the source of the wellspring of all ministry. If God was going to do anything in anybody's life, it was going to come from the person behind the pulpit who was teaching and preaching, and then periodically stepping out from behind the pulpit and laying hands on people in a healing line. And I just thought that was the, what's the creme de la creme? I don't know. I'm getting in trouble trying to use words. I don't even know what they are. But um, that was the epitome. That was the pinnacle of ministry. And and uh, I failed to appreciate the, you know, Paul prayed in Ephesians 3 that we would know what is the width and the length 
and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And so I had a very, very one-dimensional view mm -hmm. of ministry. It, it had to be behind the pulpit. It had to be someone who was called to what we call the five-fold ministry mm -hmm. of Ephesians 4, 11, and so on. And, uh, and, and it had to be, um, you know, in that public venue. Mm -hmm. And while that is one dimension of ministry, it is far from the only dimension of ministry. There's a whole nother world of, of relational ministry where people don't, I'm, I'm all for the church, but you don't have to be in a church service for there to be ministry taking place. You don't have to be behind a pulpit to be engaged in ministry. Um, you don't have to be a fivefold minister. Uh, you know, Jesus said, and he said, if anyone even gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, uh, he will never lose his reward. And then you look at the dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures that tell every single believer, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, carry one another's burdens, um, you know, just encourage one another. Mm -hmm. So ministry is something, and this is contrary to my early view, ministry is something that every single Christian can and should be engaged in. And it, no matter what your secular vocation, uh, you know, just your relationships in your neighborhood with friends at the, you know, tennis club or whatever, uh, ministry is expressing the love of God. And, uh, you know, Peter even said this, he said, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Uh, when people ask you about that, be ready to give an answer. And um, so our, our light should be shining, uh, you know, 24 seven, there should be something hope emanating from us that, I mean, face it, we live in a world that is full of fear, despair, distress, you know, anxiety, things like that. Mm -hmm. And Christians have that opportunity to be salt, to be light. And so when T.L. Osborne said that ministry is pretty simple, love people and meet their needs, that's mm -hmm. a pretty great statement. Of course, he knew and he meant and to, to include, we do that in and through Jesus. We don't do that just from a secular humanistic standpoint. But um, in a nutshell, that's my answer. Yeah, you know, what keeps repeating in my head is, or I just keep seeing this, is um, moving away from, or at least thinking differently about ministry. I'm seeing like a capital M versus a little M. Right. You know, capital M is, oh, it's um, unreachable, or that's not for me yeah. because I don't have the training, or I don't have the mm -hmm. schooling, or, you know, fill in the blank. So I might not be called to the big M, but I am uh, called to the yeah. little M, which Everybody, is yeah. loving, serving, being the salt and light wherever I am. And you right. can have a ministry at your job. You can have a ministry mm -hmm. in your home, you know, wherever that may Absolutely. be. It's there's never going to be a deficit <laughs> of the need for right. us to show love and caring. Um, 
and and light to to mm -hmm. other people. Um, yeah. and I think that's, you know, the, the heart of Jesus is, you know, I called the big M's, but I've called everyone to the little right. M's. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes there's a little bit of a misconception about value because we tend to think, well, the big M, well, that must be the famous ministers and the little M that's just little old me and significant me, but I, I, there's no indication in scripture that God is going to give anybody rewards based on the visibility or the popularity of their ministry. Rewards, I believe, are going to be given largely based on faithfulness and obedience. And um, I think we're going to be shocked when the rewards in heaven are given out because, you know, Jesus said, if you do certain things to be seen of men, that's all the rewards you're going to get. And that doesn't mean you can't have a, a highly visible ministry and have your heart right and right. have a servant's heart and, and a humble heart and things like that. But we have to understand in our society today, you can study this all through church history, whatever was going on in the given culture that tended to overlay into people's perspective of church, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to minister. And, you know, I mean, classic cases, Corinth, um, you know, highly immoral society, that all crept into the church. It became part of the filter that they had to work through. In America, we're a society that is highly celebrity-oriented, and we are highly entertainment-oriented. So, it seems like society is a little bit conducive and Christians are a little bit conducive to being drawn to ministers who have that celebrity flair, that celebrity uh, charisma. And I'm not saying that in a Holy Spirit mm -hmm. sense either. I'm just saying in a, a natural charisma sense. And, and people love to be entertained. And, you know, Referring to Ephesians 4.11 and those verses following, it says that the minister gifts, ministry gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, um, the ones we might call the big M's, they are never ordained to entertain the saints. They are ordained to equip the saints. And e entertaining can be just telling people what they want to hear, what makes people feel good. And, you know, we all like to hear good things and things that help us and encourage us. But, you know, sometimes what we need more than anything else is to be challenged. Mm. Um, you know, one person said the job of a preacher is to comfort the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. <laughs> so, so ministry really has to be done on God's terms, not just a pragmatic sense of what makes me popular, what increases my followers, you know, what um, mm. gives me the biggest platform, things like that. All those can be okay, but um, honoring God first, pleasing God first, uh, being uncompromising with the word of God, uh, bringing the whole counsel of God, as Paul mm. said in, 
in Acts 20. Um, you know, the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, you know, every one of us, we need to evaluate that. Am I comparing myself with somebody who, you know, is selling a lot of books? Or am I comparing myself with somebody who's got a lot of followers and things mm -hmm. like that? I don't, I don't think Jesus is going to have any rewards for, this is my best-selling author right here. Um, you know, this guy had more likes on, you know, uh, Facebook than anybody else. It's going to be, were you faithful to do what I told you to do? Were you motivated by love? You know, did you not only uh, have an external expression of ministry, but did you allow my spirit to do an internal work mm. of sanctification and holiness? Was this was this thing called ministry just a big show to you? Mm. Because if it is, that is not what Jesus told us to do. And it's not how he's going to evaluate us when it's all said and done. Amen. Amen. You know, we have to check our hearts first and determine the, the why and, and the motivation um, for it. And, um, you know, I, I, I love what you said about comfort the troubled and trouble the comforted, the mm -hmm. trouble the um, comfortable. comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. It reminds me of a, a teaching I heard about, um, you know, so many messages we hear are dessert messages when mm. we really need meat and vegetables messages right. and the mm. meat and vegetables can be a little you know tough um, yeah. but if we are um, wanting to improve our character grow our mm. relationship with Jesus you know we need a little kale <laughs> we need a little broccoli right. yeah. <laughs> um, broccoli. you know yeah. I know I know I'm like ew kale but <laughs> uh -huh. Yep, yep. And so all the crispy creams, right? There we go. Right. So the book is called The End of Spectator Church. Hold it up there, Jane. Yes. Get it at tonycook.org. Is that right? Correct. Which e is on, E on the end of cook. E on the end of cook. T-O-Y-C-O-O-K-E dot org. And also Tony has an amazing website. There's a thousand uh, resources there for you. I encourage you to check it out because besides his many, many books that I don't compare myself to having written, <laughs> he's got he's got a whole bunch of great resources and articles by by everybody around the planet and it's awesome there so be sure you avail yourself to his book and you avail yourself to his website tony thanks again for being with us today thank you karen thank you jennifer thank we, you bye everyone see you next week bye God we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the elevate the day podcast and are encouraged to read your bible every day to help you develop this important habit, we have the Elevate the Day devotional. Here you will find 365 days of encouragement, inspiration, and practical wisdom to strengthen your faith and get closer to God. There's also an Elevate the Day journal to record your prayers and insights as you read the word. Get your copy today at elevatetheday.com or karensalsbury.org. Be sure to tune in every week and subscribe to Elevate the Day on YouTube. You can also go to elevatetheday.com to catch up on past episodes. See you next week.